So guys, have you heard of paraboxmonthly.com? Get ready for this. It's kind of cool. Every box contains an amazing soft style paranormal t-shirt and a content card. These items also contain a hidden password. Okay, once discovered, it'll open up a new mystery online. How cool is that? If you can solve their challenge, you'll be entered into a monthly drawing for free merchandise. So cool. So here's all you need to do. You head to paraboxmonthly.com and add promo code OddityFiles. And you're set. Check it out. It's paraboxmonthly.com, promo code OddityFiles. Check it out. And we're back again. <laughs> <laughs> and we're for back. those of you that are binging, it was just a couple seconds. For those of you who have not and been anxiously waiting for a week, we're back. <laughs> I, for the people who have binged and stuff, I'm I applaud you because I don't know. I feel like, I feel like that's a lot that's of dedication. <laughs> it's, it is. It really is. And I mean, that's how I prefer to do podcasts on like a long drive, just binge through a whole bunch of them yeah. still waiting for that that la one you recommended to add a new episode swear to god i got caught up in like a day and now i'm like give me more yeah i haven't to listened to in la i haven't listened to, i like the storytelling podcast because in a way like they're all timeless because i mean yeah. the story i mean timeless in the sense that like maybe one day the story that we're talking about is going to get it made into a movie or a tv show way down the line yeah but like with the amount like the massive amount of banter that we do it's kind of like a a time capsule in a way (laughs) literally (laughs) (laughs) to go back and like hear how excited we were about something and i don't know it's always it reminds me of like watching when the old news footage of people waiting in line to see the new star wars movie the phantom menace when it came out (laughs) yes or hell even the original star wars a new hope those those shorty shorts on those gentlemen very interesting (laughs) yeah there was uh it was a few years ago i want to say i want to say the documentary was just called apollo 11 but it was it was all this it, the whole entire documentary is is told in real time of the entire space mission and there's no talking heads it's just all archived footage that's been like blasted the resolution like 4k it's been recolored oh. and it's like visually looks like something that's was made yesterday but it's a piece of history and so all the people who have lined up with their chairs and their glass bottled coca-colas oh yeah waiting for the launch to happen it's such a cool i think it's on hulu now but it's such a cool way to kind of live in that because it's so immersive yeah it's just i don't know it's it's like i felt like i was there yeah no that's awesome i didn't even know that existed um very cool 
It's good. I wish more documentaries would, would do that, but I guess sometimes it's you don't really have a story if you just sort of like hit play on something and just kind of let it go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Speaking of dating, you know, this specific, oh, this specific podcast is Oddity Files, <laughs> the podcast. I'm Kitsy Duncan. And I'm Nick Floyd. <laughs> we just, <laughs> you know, it's fine. It's fine. Um, everything's fine. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Um, that's the name of this episode. I <laughs> wanted to g- give a quick shout out because it's coming up. We've got a, another Paranormal Crossroad watch party September 4th, sponsored by Hiatus Tequila. Pretty oh. Excited about that. I am on my way. What? It, what? <laughs> Getting blasted off tequila. Yeah, hell yeah. And they're going to, so it's going to be a, uh, that's a specific day. It's going to be an encore um, presentation of part two of Evan Scott's episode, you know, the static man that we had read all his stories on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that they make a, a concoction and, and call it the static man made with hiatus tequila. That's hashtag goals right now. Oh, I mean, I f- you can easily maybe like, because I would imagine like some agave to just kind of toss in there to sweeten it just a hair and then get some sort of like seltzer to just make it a little bubbly. Oh, yeah. There you go. There's your static I man. I guess activated charcoal is huge in like the bar scene right now. So that'll give it that gray vibe. Mm-hmm. Done. Bubbles, gray vibe, all sorted. And I mean, it'll look like you're drinking a glass of shit, but... <laughs> People like drink worse. That's what all these like hundred dollar and entree restaurants are. It's you sit down and you're just like, what the hell is on my plate? But it's divine. Cracker Barrel. Yeah. (laughs) You get this ginormous plate. There's no way I'm gonna eat all this, and you do every single time. But that is September fourth. 8 p.m. downtown Indianapolis at O'Reilly's Irish Pub and Restaurant, sponsored by Hiatus Tequila. So I'm mm. trying to talk Evan into coming out for that one. It'll be a good time. Super stoked about that. Um, I'll get another thing to talk about that's going to date this. Today, uh, KJ and I were on Indie Style here in Indianapolis with uh, the amazing Amber, whose last name I can't remember right now because I should have written it down and I didn't, talking paranormal stuff. She's a huge fan. And now I'm trying to figure out a way to talk her into being part of the team. So she loves, she watches Travel Channel as much as I did when I still had cable. So kindred spirits, if you will. But... While we were there, we're hanging out in the green room because I'm fucking fancy like that, just in case you were wondering. And um, we met a magician who's originally from Indianapolis, went to college here in Bloomington, and now lives in Vegas. His name is Jordan Rooks. He is doing some shows in Indianapolis here for the French Theater Festival. So definitely check that out. But... I guess he's like besties with Zach Baggins. So uh, did I bring up my thoughts on Zach Baggins? Absolutely not. Oh. However, <laughs> um, we're, we're talking, you know, and I, I brought up the museum because as we all know, I'm obsessed with Zach's Haunted Museum. He's like, yeah, I touched the Dybbuk box. I'm like, you fucking what? You touched you what? 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 <laughs> 
He's like, and that's how I, that's what I started doing magic. I just woke up and I was able to. And now I'm doing shows all around the country. No, and then he lifted up his pant leg and said, and right afterwards, I did this to my ankle, was getting on an airplane, cancellation after cancellation after cancellation of flights, with which is really the norm right yeah. now from what I'm reading online. But um, he is now wishing he had not touched the Divic box. I mean, it seems like things are going pretty well for him, <laughs> all things considered. <laughs> I mean, he got to meet me, so he got yeah. to, He's traveling doing magic shows. He got to meet you in a green room. So I mean, fucking fancy. Come on. How many people, do you know how many people are like, man, I wish I could just meet someone and hang out in a green room for 15 minutes? <laughs> he's over here saying that touching the Divic's box was a mistake. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it wasn't. Maybe we're all, maybe that's what we're all born to do is touch a Divic's box. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's not a dick in a box. So, <laughs> yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was really cool. So I told him, I said, you know, I'll have to get you you know your personal paranormal story from you he's 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 a quasi celeb he's a famous magician works with um david blaine and chris angel and who was the guy in the 90s it was a big deal slicked backed hair made an airplane disappear uh david copperfield yeah, yeah. He, he was like his mentor so he's he's a pretty big deal oh wow okay yeah, so that's that'll happen Probably. I don't know. We'll see if I forget or not. I'm heading to Pittsburgh this weekend, so Pittsburgh? I'm going to forget this entire <laughs> Yeah, until you listen to it back. Then you'll exactly. remember and be like, shit. <laughs> well, I didn't want to take up the whole show. What's going on with you, man? Uh, I did it. I did a thing. I went, and it's been a long time coming. It feels like ages and ages, but uh, today was the day finally that i uh own a pair of crocs as of as of today yeah are they please tell me they're the kfc crocs they are not but they are beige they are a khaki beige color um because i'm like you know if i'm gonna do this give me the ugliest ones (laughs) no you haven't seen mine honey I've got the lime green ones. There's so many options. I I was really taken aback by it all. It was it was the the off road terrain, which are basically Crocs, but they have uh, the heat. The thing you pull over your heel has this like cup that really locks on your foot. That's so weird. I mean, granted, my Crocs are like 15 years old. Well, and there's uh, gibbets. I think is what they're called. I believe where you can they're, they're little uh they go in the crock holes and they're little like things and you can decorate your they're like disney pins for your crocs they're based they are disney <laughs> pins for your crocs <laughs> so this is going to be a whole weird new world um welcome to old people land i'm ready i just i've always asked myself every time i'm about to walk out to take the dogs out to walk to get the mail to go to the grocery store i was like man i really wish i could just like not tie shoelaces today (laughs) (laughs) at least you didn't go velcro i mean i've thought about it uh but having a very wide foot limits my range of mobility in terms of uh not mobility, just my options of what I can buy, but also <laughs> my mobility, too, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Anyway. Well, congratulations, sir. Um, I got my first pair when we got a pool because it's just so much oh. easier to throw them on and head out. 
Uh, the one time I fell in the pool unintentionally, I was wearing said Crocs. So, granted, it was, you know, two years ago. But Yeah, but imagine if you were wearing tennis shoes and you got them soaked. They take three days to dry. They I mean, might Crocs be ruined. Are a flotation device, for fuck's sake. I, it's really the only... If, if they're truly as great, and we'll see. I'll give an update on the next podcast about how they've done for me. But if they're as great as everyone says they are... I might never wear another shoe again. Oh. Now, see, I won't wear them out of the house. Um, they're perfect for, you know, taking the dogs out in the grass in the morning dew because they don't want to get my slippers wet. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when I'll wear them in the front of the house. The rest of the time, it's in the back of the house by the pool. Oh, now, traveling? Chris, yeah. Is going to oh, be... God, no, Nick. Oh, come on. Are you kidding? Mm-mm. No, I'm going to put my foot down. <laughs> Do you hear it? <laughs> uh, we will see. Anything goes. The world is, uh, is, a, is, a, uh, is a changed place, and I'm a changed man. So, Absolutely. You do you. I'm sorry. I will not judge in any way, shape, or form. Now, Chris's Crocs have made their way to the camper, and mm-hmm. now he wants a second pair for the house. I'm like, I am. I'm. I did put my foot down. I'm like, no. Oh, see, that's a glowing review. Are you kidding? <laughs> he wants a second pair for a, a, the second place of residence. Yeah, that's a. I mean, that's a five star. That's a ten star review. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, I'm I'm I couldn't be happier with my purchase right now. <laughs> Who have we become? I'm just sitting on my porch with my Crocs and my my seltzer water, just sipping away. Next up, Cracker Barrel rocking chair. See, this just went oh, full circle. Did you course. see that? I did. You took it full circle back to the. <laughs> I don't even remember why I brought up Cracker Barrel. Oh, the fancy restaurants. Yeah. Give, mm-hmm. give me Cracker Barrel any day so I can. I, I will browse a Cracker Barrel shop for a good hour. I'm not even kidding. No. I have come this close. And for those of you that are not on Patreon.com slash files, it's like a, my fingers are like an inch apart to buying clothing at Cracker Barrel for myself. I mean, I'll buy it for the grandkids all day long there, but I, I just can't bring. But, you know. Home decor, especially their Halloween selection? Bitch, please. Come on. I love it. I've always admired Cracker Barrel because, and this is probably going to ruin it for some people, and I apologize. I don't, you know, I'm not sorry for what I'm about to say. (laughs) I don't apologize. I just feel like there's this logic where the way I've always viewed Cracker Barrel, if you really, really look, if you walk around and you really give you just a nice, firm look at everything in a Cracker Barrel, you realize that it's all just wholesale stuff from the candy oh. to like the toys for kids. It's like they basically use those shitty magazines that you get in the mail where you can buy like 15 party poppers for $2. Uh, and, and they, they just 20 bucks each. They up they upsell it and they just housed it in a it's like the difference between Dollar General and Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel, it's an experience. It's housed in this old rustic it cabin like feel. Fireplace. Fireplace. All the decor. Yeah, it's it's got that smell Candy of candy uh, you haven't eaten in years. <laughs> it's like God, the, I love a good chunky bar. It's like red hot. The smell is like red hots combined with like goo goo clusters. Right, if you really mm-hmm. just sniff it. 
with uh, some like orange uh, soda in the background. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's and a it, candle somebody needs. Cracker Barrel needs to make right there. In a hint of syrup. Just ever so <laughs> slight hint. But it, you need to walk in Dollar General and like you know. You walk to that register and you're like, everything in here is worth exactly it like what it's cost. new shower curtain. It's just pure, raw plastic. <laughs> yeah. And you know. You don't regret. If you get something from Dollar General and it falls apart, you're like, well, you know, whatever. It was Dollar General. Well, I get for paying a buck for it. Yeah. If you're sitting in that a rocket chair from Cracker Barrel that you spent $100 on that they definitely got wholesale and it falls apart, you're like, oh, no, Cracker Barrel. What did you do? <laughs> What? You have betrayed me, Cracker Barrel? <laughs> I have a defective item. I'd like to talk to a manager of some sort. It's defective. It is. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. We have derailed this podcast. But you know what? As we're talking about this, I did buy a piece of clothing for myself from Cracker Barrel. Like right but now? In this moment? Oh, okay. I did. I was going to say, like, in this moment, you're shopping on Cracker Barrel's website. (laughs) No, it was a tie dye t shirt with Scooby and the gang on it. So that. Oh. I, do I wear it? No, because it's ginormous on me and I look like I'm 500 pounds. But um, I did. I have to admit it. Now, you you put a fancy Tervis cup in the Cracker Barrel and I'm all over that shit. Oh. I, I do have a Tervis fetish. It's, br- <laughs> it's brilliant marketing. You walk in and you like look at something long enough and you're like... Can I get this somewhere else? Uh, but it's at the Cracker Barrel, so I just have to buy it here. Pay three times what you would for a Yankee candle anywhere else. Yep. <laughs> or like the mix CDs. Like, who's buying who's buying six, 50s, 60s, 70s country mix CDs? And like... Oh, my God. It's like the old K-Tel records and shit. It who doesn't make CDs? sense. <laughs> like, if you look hard enough, they sell cassette tapes. I'm like, you guys could move to vinyl and sell more because people are buying vinyl. But no, you guys are sticking with your CDs and your, your, your mashup DVDs of like nine country western movies that no one's heard of. Oh, shit. I anyway. love it. Oh, anyway. Now I'm hungry. God damn it. Now I want some biscuits and some, uh, some honey. cinnamon fried apples. Mm. I love me some of that that cheesy hash brown stuff. Mm. Now I'm starving. God bless America. Sorry. Uh, no, you're good. Have you watched anything good, fantastic, wonderful, or not uh, so great? I have not viewed i'm watching the uh, white lotus on uh an hbo which i is, heard it's good it's it's what, fun what's the premise it's just it's all takes place in this resort this it's like nine thousand dollars a night to stay there and they're all these like privileged just awful people and they're staying at this resort and they're all their lives are sort of intertwined and and it's it's entertaining oh yeah to watch um, so it's like a bad reality show but it's scripted yeah it's like it's like well written it's trash tv but it's fiction and it's so well written that nice it's just it's like i don't feel guilty watching it because i know it's fiction that someone has worked hard on to mimic the crap that people actually yeah for sure for sure um (laughs) yeah but i yeah nothing other than that tonight as soon as we finished podcasting there was a criterion sale and i bought Alfred Hitchcock's Notorious on Blu-ray, oh, and nice. I've never seen it, so I'm going to watch it tonight, and I'm excited about it. Did you watch Suicide Squad? 
I did watch Suicide Squad, yes. Uh, is it better than the others? I mean, I never saw the original one. I've also spent a lot of time being surrounded by it with my full-time job. Yeah. Um, so I think my expectations were a little bit different than other people. Like, there were things that felt gimmicky for me. Yeah. Only because I've I've been surrounded by, like, interviews of the cast and stuff and hearing the same things. And I'm like... I'm at the point where if people just stop talking about the movies that they were making. <laughs> Sorry. It, <laughs> it would probably <laughs> be. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't think that far into it. I mean, our, our boy Rooker's in it, and I was pretty stoked about that. So Everyone I, is great. Everyone's great in it, and uh, I enjoyed it more. It's wacky, and it's vulgar, and it's gross, and it's violent, and that's for me how all superhero movies should be uh, yeah so i enjoyed it i say it all to enjoy it the t- i say everything to say that i enjoyed it okay so yes. it's a fun watch it's super fun and it's on okay. hbo so awesome. i yeah i've been waiting for chris to watch it but i i may not so because i i guess it's going away fairly quickly probably by the time this podcast cast comes 30 out. days okay and then it comes back after I think another thirty or something like that. Okay. I can't remember. Um, yeah. Well, we've got you know. I can never remember the other guns. Name Sean. Sean. Yeah. Love Sean. Love Rooker. Um, and I'm not gonna lie, Margot Robbie is hot as hell as Harley Quinn. So I'm always down for her in some booty shorts. That's always a good day. <laughs> um, I have been binging some real reality TV that has nothing to do with anything we talk about on this show. Except for two episodes. So oh. I, I recently started binging Good Bones. It's, it's two ladies here in Indianapolis that reno these nasty, nasty houses and turn them into these gorgeous things. It's a mother-daughter team. It's really fun. And, and I wanted to support, you know, a, another local Indianapolis reality show because I have one too. But mom, Karen, is my spirit animal. She, the first one, the episode was called Poltergeist House. And I was like, oh, oh yes, yes, yes. And so they're up in the attic talking about how creepy it is up there. And they hear this loud crash downstairs. And they go downstairs, and this ginormous metal-like industrial cabinet had just fallen over. Like, there was no way it should have fallen over. And it was crazy. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to, there's going to be more. And then they just fucking left it at that. Never talked any more about it. Karen went on about how she believes in ghosts. Her daughter, Mina's like, oh, you're crazy, mom. You know, kind of like my relationship with my children. Um, <laughs> but it was very cool. And then there was another episode where Karen, the mom, they were they had to tear down a house because the foundation was so bad. And this was really sweet of her and wonderful of her. So she brought this little teeny tiny little concrete house in. I'm not sure if she found it in the house or if she kind of collects all 
the oddities of each house and just takes it back with her like I would do the exact same thing but before they tore down the house they have a they got video of her sitting on the stairs asking the spirit of the house to reside in this little I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it to reside in this little house while they rebuild the house and then when the house was rebuilt and done and beautiful she brought it back in and said this is this is your new home and she said they felt happy and wonderful and i just thought it was really cool to see something like that on uh i'm assuming it's hgtv so i watched it on discovery plus but uh, huge fans of these women they are they are taking over indianapolis and making it a beautiful beautiful place um one more reality show thing mr zach baggins is going to be on food network you know how they have those cook-off shows or those bake-off shows, the Halloween-based ones? Mm. He's going to be the host. Oh, so oh he's he is, hosting. He's not baking. No, 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 no. So, and I guess all the items are supposed to be based on items he has in his haunted museum. Again, full circle. That just happened. Oh. Any planet. Wow. Yeah. I wonder if someone's going to make a cupcake of the guitar. <laughs> Well, probably. <laughs> or the house he demolished. It's fine. It's fine. He has the stair. He kept the staircase where these rituals happened. So. Ah, uh, okay. Anywho, <laughs> that's all I had. Um, well, I take that back. I do have more, but I'm going to save it for next week because we are almost a half hour in. Jess, hit it. Hey there, oddballs. It's Jess from Misfortune on Moody here with your weekly energy forecast. Sunday the 22nd is a busy day in the big sky. We have a full moon, the sun moves into Virgo, then Mars trines Uranus all in the same day. The full moon's at 29 degrees of Aquarius, and it's a blue moon. Blue moons occur when two consecutive full moons fall in the same sign. You may recall that the full moon on July 23rd took place at the very first degree of Aquarius, and now this one takes place in the last degree. There's a lot of releasing going on in the Aquarius sector of your chart. Keep in mind that full moons are emotionally charged no matter where they fall, but having a full moon in the last degree of any sign adds a sense of urgency to the energy. So keep your wits about you on Sunday because things will almost certainly feel bigger than they actually are. Almost immediately after the full moon, the sun moves into Virgo. Sayonara Leo season, it's been real. The sun in Virgo turns our focus to the daily routine, schedules, health, wellness, and general adulting. The Virgin gets a bad rap, mostly because she's sandwiched between the two major romance houses, and she's more concerned with eating her veggies than getting the D. But for all you pumpkin spice whores, Virgo season signals the coming of fall in the Northern Hemisphere. It's almost time for you to take cute pictures in your matching cable net sweaters, scarves, and Uggs. Almost. And because Sunday is absurd, and we're still talking about it two minutes in, Mars and Virgo trines Uranus and Taurus on that day as well. Mars and Uranus create volatile energy together, but this is a trine and they're both in Earth signs, so I'm not expecting things to get too terribly crazy with this one. Uranus just turned retrograde, so he's more concerned with realignment than he is with outright change, at least for the next five-ish months. Is there some aspect of your outer life that is no longer an accurate reflection of your inner life? If so, Mars will provide the motivation you need to adjust things accordingly. Venus and Mercury round out the rest of next week with some hits to the outer planets. 
Venus trines Saturn on Monday the 23rd. This energy is great for solidifying a commitment in love or business. Pull the trigger on any investment opportunities that come up under that energy. On the 24th, Mercury opposes Neptune. Watch for deception. Neptune's haze makes it really hard to see the truth of a matter that requires cold, hard logic. You're missing some key details, so don't make any important decisions on Tuesday. And finally, Mercury moves on to trine Pluto on Thursday the 26th. This is a penetrating influence that sees you wanting to get to the absolute bottom of a situation. Great for research and investigation, with the caveat that you should always be careful when you go fishing for information, because with Pluto in play, you might just find it, and you most certainly won't like it. But you need to see it because it will enable you to release something that's holding you back. So it's a good, but bad, but ultimately good scenario. Because fuck you. Th that's Pluto talking, not me. If you're interested in what the stars have to say for you, please check out my website at misfortuneonmoody.com. I offer many different types of astrology and astro tarot readings, and I'm now conducting sound healing sessions for those of you in the Boston area. You can also help support my small business by checking out my shop where I sell handmade crystal jewelry, candles, and lots of other cool merch. For horoscopes, flash sales, and an intimate look at what a shit show my life is behind the scenes, come find me on social media at misfortune1111. Ciao for now. Okay, we're a little chatty today, Nick. Thanks, Jess. We appreciate you. Hope things are well on Moody Street for you. I have a quick paranormal in the news. This comes to us from my friend Lon over at Phantoms and Monsters, which isn't really news. It's just people submit sighting reports of things. And since I was just recently over in Rosemont near O'Hare, I had to do this story. So it says, Breaking on August 10th, red-eyed winged humanoid at O'Hare International Airport on July 22nd. Additional eyewitnesses come forward. Two additional eyewitnesses, eyewitness accounts from July 22nd, winged humanoid incident at O'Hare International Airport in the cargo areas near the Rest Haven Cemetery have recently come to light. Um, and I quote, I saw your article about the flying creature at O'Hare and wanted to reach out to tell you what I saw on that night. Um, I'm reaching out to tell you the story, but I do not want any of my information given out, blah, 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 blah. We were unloading a cargo plane that had just arrived from the Miami hub when a couple of people noticed this large person that was standing over the fence about 40 feet from the plane. It was tall, about seven feet, and was completely black, but with some solid red glowing eyes. We radioed it in since we figured it was some idiot that might have scaled the fence and was wandering around the tarmac. We were told to report anything suspicious we see to our supervisors who will then call security and take that person away. The security people came within three minutes of our call and had shined some lights on it when I saw that it was black and had a large pair of wings. And then it took off into the air and started making a loud sound before flying off. I kind of wish this was a YouTube video so they could recreate that sound. I'm figuring it's like, Ca -ca! <laughs> no, that's not a Mothman sound. What do you think a Mothman sounds like? Like a pigeon? Like a, <laughs> like a, like a pigeon on steroids. Yeah, no, do it. I saw you get near the mic. <laughs> 
Okay, after a flu, a bunch of other people showed up, including many of our supervisors. We all heard about the things that are seen around the airport, including the Mothman. But I never believed it until I saw it with my own eyes. I talked about it with some of my friends, and they saw the same thing, but we're not going to say anything because we were told at our meeting that we were not to report anything we saw to anybody but our supervisors. Um, I'm submitting this to you, but I want to remain anonymous. Blah, blah, blah. I know this sounds incredible, but I can promise you that I'm not telling you any lies. Well, see, there's your first sign. If you're claiming you're not telling lies, then I'm going to question your honesty. For a better term. Yeah. Um, everything I told you happened. I know there were at least eight of us working that day on this plane, not counting any supervisors or tug operators working around the area so there you have it guys i just missed mothman and i ain't happy about it yeah it's all these stories sort of feel like i was there i saw it but nobody else did and it's like you're describing this thing like maybe more people could have seen it Yeah. and how freaked out people get and like how easily sort of eye-catching things are in today's society when these like one and dones happen it feel often to me feels very like you found the right outlet to tell your story yeah sort of thing yeah i mean he claims everybody saw it including the security guards and i don't understand i mean why can't you talk about it it's fucking mothman that's a big deal people we need like a like a Craigslist missed connections for people who experience like paranormal. Yes, yes we do. Please and thank you. You're a genius. Get right on that. Okay. It's your million dollar idea right there. Like cryptidfinder.org or something. <laughs> I love it. Um so there you have it. There's your paranormal in the news. Is it my turn to go first? I think it is. We've been so like back and forth with the like, you do two, I do two. Now we're back to the, I don't know. I'm going to say yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So mine's a little lengthier. I know I've been trying to keep it down, but this is so good. I wanted to give you all the information and I've got a little bit of banter at the end too, because I checked some dates on some stuff and some things. So we'll have that at the end. So, Okay. Here we go. I honestly, in all honesty, cannot believe I have never heard of this story before. And once I tell you the story of the Black Hope curse, I think you'll be kind of shocked as well. So without further ado, that story goes a little something like this. Back in the 1980s, the city of Houston, Texas, was experiencing a major influx of new citizens pouring into the region. And to accommodate all of these people, there was a major construction of housing subdivisions in the outlying areas. One of these was called the Newport subdivision, which was created just outside of Houston in Crosby, Texas. It was a charming upscale development with beautiful new homes, well manicured lawns, and it seemed like a postcard perfect image of the American dream. However, beneath the shiny veneer of this well-to-do slice of peaceful suburbia, there were dark secrets and roiling supernatural forces. Dun, dun, 
<laughs> One of the first families to move into the brand new subdivision was Sam and Judith Haney, who purchased the house of their dreams in 1982. At first, they couldn't have been happier, as it was the house they had always dreamed of, and there was not much to hint at the ominous secrets that the place actually held. However, things began to get odd when they decided to put in a swimming pool on their property, and right after the construction crew began making preparations to dig up the pool, they received a very strange visitor in the form of an elderly man calling himself Jasper Norton, who told them that there were graves under where the pool was being dug and that they should not go through with their plans. Sound familiar? Hmm. Except there was no warning in Poltergeist. Sam Haney would say of the surreal encounter, and I quote because he was on Unsolved Mysteries, this elderly man told me that he had noticed we were putting in a swimming pool in our backyard and that there was something about our backyard that I needed to know about. So I followed him around my backyard and he pointed at the ground and he said that there were some graves right here. And then he marked a spot on the ground where they were. And I really didn't know how to react to that. I didn't know if he was just joking. I couldn't understand why anyone would want to joke about something like that. I'm assuming he had an accent. He's from Texas. <laughs> Fair. Okay, cool. Set the scene. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Norton went on to explain that he had been the one to actually bury the bodies when he was a teenager. And that unbeknownst to any of the people moving into the subdivision, the land had once been a cemetery mostly for African-American former slaves called Black Hope Cemetery. And the last of its burials having been in 1939. According to Jasper, there was at least 60 pauper's graves still in the area, and the housing subdivision had simply been built over the former cemetery without moving the bodies. The housing developers merely covering it all up and forgetting about it. As creepy as this was, Haney didn't put much stock in these spooky old tales. But just to be sure, he grabbed a shovel and began to dig in the spot that Norton had specified. He's like, well, I'll find out for myself. Soon, finding out for himself that it was more than just local lore. As Haney dug, his shovel hit something made of wood. And it wasn't long before the couple had unearthed two wooden boxes with human remains inside of them, with one of the bodies still wearing two wedding rings. Authorities were notified, and with some digging into local records, it was found out that the corpses belonged to two former freed slaves named Betty and Charles Thomas, who had died in the 1930s. The couple were shocked that they had unwittingly desecrated these two graves and went about reburying the two bodies where they had found them. Unfortunately for them and the dozens of other families who had moved into the area, this would be the start of a rash of strange paranormal phenomena that would grip the entire subdivision. For the Haneys, it began soon after they had dug up and then reburied those two bodies. Judith Haney noticed that her wall clock was glowing blue and making strange sparks 
all the stranger when she found out that someone had unplugged said clock. She would then have other experiences such as feeling a strange sensation of being watched, hearing the sliding door open and close, even when no one else was home at the time. On another occasion, Judith went to get her red shoes from the closet, but found they were gone. The couple looked everywhere for them, but ended up finding them in the last place anyone would have expected, perched upon the graves that had been dug up by them earlier. Eerily enough, they would then learn that that day had been Betty Thomas's birthday. So, her husband from the grave brought her a pair of red new shoes for her birthday. I love that part. <laughs> okay. Um, then other families in the subdivision began experiencing various strange phenomena as well. One of the neighbors of the Haney's was a couple named Ben and Jean Williams, who began to notice that all of the flowers in their yard had started to inexplicably die off for reasons they could not figure out and which would keep dying no matter what they did. There were also coffin-shaped sinkholes that began to form on their property, which would eerily reappear no matter how many times they refilled the holes. And then their house was besieged with all sorts of other paranormal activity, including potent cold spots in the middle of summer, in Texas, I'm sure that was lovely. Toilets flushing themselves, footsteps when no one was there, doors opening and closing on their own, shadowy figures that would vanish into thin air, disembodied murmuring voices, and a rancid stench that would appear and disappear for absolutely no reason. And just a general feeling of dread, unease, and menace that... Um, took over the entire home like a cloud. Jean would later say, I absolutely believe that all of these things happened to us because we were on the graveyard and that we were simply going to be tormented until we left there. Unquote. They talked about moving away, but they had no money for a new home, which is a theme anytime there's crazy paranormal activity. <laughs> um, so they decided to stay and see if anything could be done much to the apparent displeasure of whatever was terrorizing them. Indeed, the frightening occurrences grew in intensity and after learning of the fact that the development had been built over a cemetery, the Williams became convinced that a gnarled oak tree in their yard into which had been carved an arrow and some lines was some sort of a grave marker. I instantly thought of the poltergeist tree because, I mean, that's where my head's been this entire story. Yep. Um, the tree and its etchings had been there since they had moved in, and they had never given it much thought, but with the realization of the cemetery, it had been cast in ominous new light. They ended up seeking legal action against the housing developer, accusing them of failure to disclose the fact that their homes were built upon a graveyard. But they were told they would have to prove that there were bodies buried on their property in order for the accusations to stick. Ben, his wife, and their daughter, Tina, then went about digging around their yard and that creepy old oak tree convinced they would find a body there. But both Jean and Tina were overcome by an inexplicable illness and had to stop. With Tina then 
being rushed to the hospital to die of a massive heart attack. What the I mean, heck? Either Tina didn't work out much, or the spirits are pissy. Yeah, but wouldn't they want him gone? Like, wouldn't the spirits want the people out? You would think. I mean, or just kill them. Yeah, or just be like, nah, you you, you made the mistake. You're here. Nah, bro, you're out. Yeah, yeah you're gone. Um, the family were sure that the tragic death had been caused by whatever forces were haunting the area. Eventually moving back, no, eventually moving away to Montana and then moving back to Texas and writing a book on their experiences called The Black Hope Horror, which I totally want to do a book on tape or audible of, which was later made into the movie The Grave Secrets. So the Haney's also took it upon themselves to seek legal action, which they should have because they had the, the bodies there, of course, but it didn't go much better for them. They were at first awarded a large cash settlement of $142,000, which in 1984, I guess, I mean, that was a lot of money. But the, the decision was overturned when a judge found the developer without guilt. I didn't even know that was a thing. The judge can just say, nah. He's not guilty. Of course. Yeah. So in the end, the Haney's were saddled with tens of thousands of dollars in court fees and didn't see a dime, forcing them to file for bankruptcy. They would be penniless when they finally moved away from their accursed land and their dream having become a nightmare. It doesn't seem as though this was the end of the strange occurrences on this land. Although the current owners of the house where the Haney's used to live have reported nothing odd, other families in the neighborhood have some odd stories to tell. One resident of the Williams' former home has claimed that she heard a sound like a cougar, in hard quotes, like a cougar, outside of her window. But when she went to see what was what it was, there was nothing there. I mean, it could have been a big cat. It is Texas. Yeah, anything's possible, really. Um, the house a few doors down was has reported strange elect electrical disturbances, and another neighbor claims that doors slam shut mysteriously, even with no draft or wind present, as well as the sensation of a hand upon the shoulder. The mother of the owner of the home a Jan Clark has also said her granddaughter complained of seeing the brown man, in quotes, in her room, once saw a black orb cross the room as well. Still another family in the vicinity has their own spooky encounters, such as Vinay Luna, who said she had several inexplicable experiences here. On one occasion, she said that her husband's slippers flew out of his hand and that their dog had been found hovering in the air my dogs would flip their shit oh yeah mine would too yeah <laughs> one of mine would the other one would be like this is cool <laughs> she also said that her grandmother will see strange apparitions lurking about other families have conversely reported nothing strange at all and it is enough to make one wonder just what is going on here is it a, the fact that there was a cemetery here and the land developers either didn't know or didn't care when they paved over it to make their housing subdivision the question is did any of this spawn the ghostly activity said to congregate around here 
So, thanks to Brett Swanser of MysteriousUniverse.com for doing the heavy lifting for me this week, a.k.a. writing this story. So, I did the math. This, All of this happened in 1984. Poltergeist was released in 1982. and But I don't think if they were, you know, trying to be you know, sensations or famous or whatever from these hauntings, I feel like they wouldn't have taken anybody to court and it ended up penniless. Yeah, I mean, I think there are like two sides to the coin. I think I think the 80s, 70s through early 90s was this time where people were obsessed with paranormal, with the internet. I mean... Amityville com- started com- it. Yeah, it wasn't like... You know, there wasn't like a Reddit board where anyone who's anyone could just upload this story of this paranormal experience they might or might not have had. It was a big deal. Everyone was in for book deals and this and that and and all that. But at the same time, in the height of all this like ghost haunting exorcism craze that were in movies and books and TV back during that time period... I, I mean, I think there is a, a point where it's like if you get in a house that clearly has bad energy and things are happening that you can't explain, you can't really go to the person and be like, I'd like a refund on this house, please. Right. Right. So but I you know what they didn't bring up? Um, the first couple, they I think they won because there were actually bodies there. But I don't know. I don't know. But the other couple that, wrote the book. So I don't know. Yeah, that seems sketchy to me that, like, the bodies just happen to be gone. Like, I do think, I do fully believe in local, corrupt local politics. And I think that after the first person won the case and mm-hmm. could show the bodies, I have a feeling that they went in and excavated. In the dark of night, under oh, a full moon. They grave robbed the shit out of that. And because they knew, like, well, if we lose once, you know, lose once, shame on us, lose twice, like, we really aren't paying attention. Yeah. And greed is a real thing. So I think that these companies who were selling these houses lost their ass on the one family who had proof and basically maybe got rid of the evidence or. I, I don't know. But I do think it, I think it's a little bit of both. I think that it is like they didn't really know what to do. But at the same time, I think there was like, we're going to try to profit off of this because when were they losing their money before they wrote the book or after they wrote the book? So the first couple didn't write the book. The one that actually had the bodies in the backyard, they they were just penniless. And then they were just like, we're done. Um, It's the second couple that wrote the book. And they they lost. So they didn't they were penniless as well. Correct. Or. You know what? It didn't say. It said they moved away and then they moved back and then they wrote a book. So I wonder if they didn't even. Eh, probably should have done a little more research than I did. Maybe they were doing fine financially because the fact that they moved away, moved back, wrote a book sounds like they had enough kicking around to be able to do that. At that I time, feel like that wasn't. Copycats, too. Not going to lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think, I think time is such a a good way to look at things like the the era 
and I think that period of time I think a lot of people forget that there was I mean supernatural paranormal was very heavily focused in I mean, you're coming off of Twilight Zone and then going from Twilight Zone to like X-Files and you have Exorcist and Unsolved Poltergeist. Mysteries was huge. All that stuff. Yeah. Like it's it's very much, you know, I think there is a boom that can happen and with there not being the internet, mm-hmm. these books, the like that's these books and news stories and pieces and stuff, like that's where people were, were hearing this type of stuff. So there was a market for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, one, can't believe I'd never heard the story because, I mean, it's legit the movie Poltergeist. Oh, 100%. Um, and and the, the fact that there's proof of these bodies, it, it blows my mind that I never, ever, ever heard of it. So, there is the story of the Black Hope curse. Let's hope none of us get cursed. Let's listen to some commercials, shall we? Are you a coffee addict like me? We'll check out Bones Coffee Company. Coffee isn't just a drink that wakes you up in the morning. It's an experience. When you brew a pot of Bones Coffee Company coffee, they want you to have the best experience you've ever had. They only roast carefully selected beans to perfection in small batches to ensure that you get the freshest coffee delivered straight to your door. The care given to each of those small batches is evidenced through the rich, full-bodied, and exceptionally smooth taste you'll get out of every cup of Bones Coffee Company you drink. You guys, this is amazing. First and foremost, I love coffee. I love wine and I love bourbon, but I love coffee. So check it out and help out the podcast. Go to tinyurl.com slash Bones Coffee. Get your coffee fix and help out your favorite podcast. We appreciate you. Are you looking for that next great read? Well, I've got you because I wrote it. Head on over to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com and order yourself a copy of my book, I'd Rather Talk to Dead People, where I tell you the ins and the outs of my paranormal journey thus far. If you've watched the TV show Oddity Files on Amazon Prime or YouTube, this is the perfect companion piece to give you an inside look on what was going on inside my head during my most prominent investigations to date. Again, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Just search I'd Rather Talk to Dead People by Kitsy Duncan. Thank you. Find out why people are calling Paranormal Crossroads a great spiritual journey or groundbreaking heartfelt funny. This new series is absolutely amazing. Just head to tinyurl.com slash paranormalxroad. That's the letter X. This all-female paranormal team, including myself, Kitsy Duncan, KJ, and Spirit Medium. 
Tiffany Rice. Go where no paranormal show has gone before. We head to people's homes and places of work where they're dealing with a haunting of any kind. Nine times out of ten, there's happy tears, there's laughter. This is the paranormal show you've been waiting for. We're adding new episodes monthly, and this is a show you don't want to miss. No screaming, no demons, all the love, light, peace, and positivity, and bringing family members closure. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash paranormalxroad. That's X as in the letter X. Need more scares in your life? Well, duh, we've got you. Just head over to tinyurl.com slash get shutter and you'll automatically get seven days free of this all horror, all the time streaming network. From their endless selection of the best in horror, the original programming and exclusive content to their flexible membership plans. Shutter is exactly what you need. Plans start at under five bucks a month, and yes, you can cancel at any time. I mean, what are you waiting for? Tinyurl.com slash get shutter. Tinyurl.com slash get shutter. G-E-T-S-H-U-D-D-E-R. Let's get scared. Okay, you may have heard or may not have heard, but our newest podcast partner is freaking Chewy, guys. I know, we we talk about our pets all the time, and we kind of love our pets a little too much, just like you guys. But we're always looking for ways to save money in these current financial times. Chewy's it. Type in tinyurl.com slash O-F Chewy. You help support the podcast. I personally get both our dog's food and our dog's treats and a couple other things sent on a monthly basis directly from Chewy with their subscription service. So please check it out. Please help us out by subscribing to all of your Chewy goods at tinyurl.com slash OF Chewy. My dogs will thank you. Extra, extra, read all about it. Okay, so that was lame. But we have a new merch store, my friends. Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Guys, we've got everything there. We're still adding more. The prices are much more cost effective there. And this store is so easy to navigate. What are you waiting for? Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Get your merch on. That was the worst segue. It's <laughs> like if I don't st- if I don't take a breath and keep the sentence going, no <laughs> one will know. Exactly. So yeah, so you you said you have an, an explanation story this week. I'm super pumped about. I, you know, it's one of those things where oftentimes when we, when we podcast, we get caught up in, so there are so many, it's like a spider web. Uh, It's like tentacles. There are just so many different directions you can go in. And oftentimes we will stay on something and 
maybe missed something else that's been waiting in the wing and this is yeah. something that i'm uh, you know, we, we've talked a lot about sleep paralysis on the podcast, and this is another avenue that I we haven't really discussed. And nope. it, I feel like it can be related to a lot of uh, different things that we've talked about. So I'm going to very quickly explain um, where this comes into play and then explain a little bit of the science behind it and then just let everybody run with with uh whatever they want but uh so claims of alien abductions date back to the 19th century uh the circumstances of the abductions and kidnappings often sound dreamlike and trigger feelings of terror and also paralysis which we've talked about many Mm -hmm. times Certain dream states are also known to produce such feelings uh, and leading Russian researchers to wonder if dream experiments could be uh, clue. There could be clues about alleged extraterrestrial experiences like this. These were scientists who were studying these different states to find out if there truly was some sort of alien involvement. Oh, wow. I never knew. Uh, the scientists prompted lucid dreamers to dream about encounters with aliens or unidentified flying objects and found that a number of sleepers reported dreams that resembled actual descriptions of alleged alien abductions. Okay. Um, during lucid dreams, sleepers are aware they're dreaming and can then use the awareness to manipulate what happens in their own dream. Which has always been fascinating to me, but again, it's something that I, I guess I don't spend a lot of time talking about. We talk about sleep paralysis a ton. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, about 55% of people experience lucid dreaming once or more in their lifetimes, and 23% have lucid dreams at least once a month. Wow. Which is incredibly fascinating. Um, one female participant spoke of seeing little men with blue skin oversized heads and huge bulging bulging eyes the study authors reported when the aliens invited her onto a ship she says quote i was blinded by a very bright light like a form of searchlight Uh, she said my vision was gone and i felt dizzy and light Another participant said he dreamed he was lying in his bed when he felt as though he were being dragged somewhere, ending up in a room with a white silhouette that reached into his chest and started doing something inside of him with tools. Oh, I hope he didn't feel that. It it would be, yeah, that would be a horrific Mm -hmm. lucid dream experience. Uh, conversations with dream aliens took place in 26% of the encounters and 12% of the participants spoke with aliens in their dreams and interacted with them physically. UFOs showed up in 28% of the meetings and 10% of the dreamers who saw UFOs described being brought inside an extraterrestrial spacecraft. And this was a percentage of 114 different participants um, who were who who worked with the international journal of dream research okay and they were all lucid dreamers uh yes they were all all triggered by or were previously lucid dreamers um of those who describe their encounters as realistic 24 percent also experienced sleep paralysis and intense fear 
And the fact that 24%, it's not a massive percentage, but the fact that 24 experienced sleep paralysis and fear in conjunction with the lucid dream that they were having. So they had the dream and then... Afterwards, that wow, twenty five is a is huge. That's yeah, it's it's interesting, but there it's still like that's not a hundred. So there are, you know, there's a bunch. Uh, there's so much more of that percentage of people who didn't experience sleep paralysis and intense fear. It was all something that they were in control of. Okay. Um, Still, I mean, as as often as sleep paralysis actually happens to people, a, a lot of people, it's just once in their entire life. That seems like a huge number to me. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, such emotions often accompany reports of supposed alien abductions. And though individuals who describe being kidnapped by aliens might truly believe that what they experienced was real, these people were likely experiencing an extraterrestrial meeting while in a lucid dream which the study reports um so essentially you know you got to think about lucid dreams and how they work specifically and so i sort of dug a little bit deeper to figure out um how lucid dreaming can work like a puzzle essentially um and this came from this is a study that came from the university of lincoln in the united kingdom and in the study researchers looked at 68 psychology students between the ages of 18 and 25 and they asked the students how often they experienced lucid dreaming and the participants were also asked to solve puzzle that con- puzzles that consisted of three unrelated words and a solution word that connected all three of those words together. For example, one puzzle had the words sand, mile, and age with the linking word stone. Okay. Performing better in these puzzles could signify stronger insight because the tasks require thinking outside the box and breaking free of certain preconceptions that uh, may keep people from seeing the solution. The results showed that on average, participants who were frequent lucid dreamers solved 25% more of the puzzles than people who had never experienced lucid dreaming. Wow. Super interesting. So uh, in a quote about the study, um, it is said that, uh, quote, this suggests that the insight experience during the dream state may relate to the same underlying uh, cognition needed for insight in the waking state. So it's very, very interesting. But the fact that. <sighs> I'm yeah. sorry, that was my mind blowing up. <laughs> it's it's there's very there's clearly something that's that's divide between lucid dreamers and non-lucid dreamers and one thing that i'd be curious to see is a study of people who did not because like we have these studies of people who are lucid lucid dreaming and of people who suffer from sleep paralysis as well mm-hmm. but what about what's the percentage of people and i don't have this i'm not going to be like surprised this is the i'm not <laughs> this is I'm the not, exact number yeah this is an unsolved mysteries unfortunately but i'm curious of the percentage of people who do not experience lucid dreaming and who do not experience sleep paralysis and what we deem their experiences to be hmm so that's an excellent question 
it's it got me thinking because lucid dreaming in a way we we can control it i think lucid dreaming is something that that you can take specific things that are happening around you whether it's within a month with whatever it is and that's you're just in this state that it all seems very real but also like you're in control of it in a way which is pretty crazy that's insane so like you're you have control over like is there a desire do we as people desire to be abducted is there a deeper meaning of alien abductions like is there because there are a lot of books and things that break down like dreams we have yeah if you're lucid dreaming about alien abductions is that symbolizing something in your life like why are you why do you want that why do you why are you controlling that to happen in your lucid dream that is an excellent question sir i Hmm. just i mean it's the control piece that freaks me out exactly I, I I am not a lucid dreamer, but if I'm not, if I don't, if it's like what is happening in my dream is like, like somebody I love dies or I'm about to die. I can wake myself up. I do know I'm dreaming at that point and I can wake my, I've talked about this a million times. Yeah. But I, I, I've never really tried to change things in my dreams before. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting thought to think that you can change the dreams that you're having and the things that are occurring, especially those that are very real. Like if we could all just lucid dream whenever we wanted, what would that look like? I mean, if I could hit the pillow and start falling asleep and then the moment I enter that point of REM where I can have a lucid dream that I'm drinking a Mai Tai somewhere on like a beach. beach. Every goddamn night. I would sleep like a baby. Yeah, and, but I always thought, you know, dreams were your subconscious working things out in in your... I don't... No. So much to cover with dreams and lucid dreams and things like that. Now my brain is just reeling. Yeah, it's... I've, I've just... Until I read this, and I guess that, that's to kind of put a bow on all this, is until I read this specifically, I wanted to do a story about alien abductions, but I've never talked about lucid dreaming specifically for an extended period of time but the idea that yes alien abductions are described when sleep paralysis occurs but alien abductions have been studied to occur during lucid dreaming and if you can control the dream if you have control over this lucid dream why are you controlling that you're getting abducted by an alien yeah like now, why is that story trying to say that most alien abductions are just dreams so the science behind it is that it is sleep paralysis or lucid dreaming i don't know if that's a hundred percent of the of the cases that are, have been reported if they've studied every person that's that's experienced an abduction so i'm not a hundred percent sure if that's the case um, but that's usually the the, the, the science, right? Yeah. Everyone always says like alien abductions are always lucid dreams or sleep paralysis. But what about Betty and Barney from the '60s? They were driving. And yeah. <clears throat> there's another guy with his son up in Wisconsin. They were driving. 
So that's where my brain went first when I felt like that was the the study was trying to blame alien abductions on dreaming. I'm like, but some of these people were driving and the time loss and and they were together and in hypnosis had the same experience. I don't know. I'm not buying it. Maybe a lot of them are. It would explain why there's so many abduction stories. Um, But I don't know. Yeah, I think it's definitely a two sides of the coin thing. Again, like saying that again is it? I, I, I think that there are two sides of this, but it also like this desire almost to want to be abducted so badly. Like our obsession with aliens as a people is is so interesting to me. And I think that there is on top of like it really happening. If it's really happening, and these stories are factual and all this, but. I think it's so fascinating that there is almost this obsession of wanting to be abducted and like because at least in the oddity files fan group everybody (laughs) but me wants to be abducted by aliens yeah i don't want that at all Uh -uh. Um, i just that's a hard pass for me but anyway i don't know lots of things to think about i just i knew that talking about lucid dreaming wasn't going to be just like a side thing i actually wanted to spend appropriate time discussing the connection of that and you can lucid daydream as well which is a thing i didn't know was possible oh so that poses literally just manifesting and meditating is what it is (laughs) it's basically what it is but to manifest that is is just is it's a wild thing like yeah. to to manifest an abduction or uh, to manifest uh, some alien being digging in your chest like that just sounds oh. very unpleasant no i hard pass on that aliens anything as we all know kitsy's a scared little baby girl when it comes to aliens i don't want them <laughs> i don't want to know anything about them uh, thank you close encounters and richard dreyfus for that and yeah. terry gar so <laughs> Well, that's so that comes from LiveScience.com, and there's plenty more on like lucid dream studies and alien abduction lucid dream studies that you can dig further if you would like but uh that just sort of scratches the surface enough to, to where give us more questions <laughs> to give you more questions because it's going to come up later as might as well do it now because yeah. we'll, we'll talk about it more as we as we move on but it's a new thing to bring to the table we can bring up lucid dreaming yeah for sure you know we don't get many alien abduction stories from listener stories people i don't think we've had one i don't think we've had since i've been around we have not i have not no yes we have one oh maybe we should dust it off i should find that this is from a, a friend of mine actually yeah i'll find it and we'll we'll i'll re-read it it's a long one um so that's fine we'll plan on short stories next week and i will find trevor's story so real quick speaking of listener stories it's the last one people again we're there it just happened (laughs) where are your stories oddity files crew at gmail.com uh this subject line is my ouija board experience 
Years ago, when I was a teen, my friend Kathy and I decided to hang out at my house since my parents were going out for the evening. We noticed and became intrigued by a Milton Bradley Ouija board (laughs) that was left in the house by my younger brother's friend. Of course, we had to check it out. It was taken to my room where we set it up and decided that Kathy was going to be the first to make contact with someone on the other side. Ever so gently, we placed our fingers on the planchette. I can honestly say that we were barely touching it. Kathy decided to try and connect with her deceased grandfather. She kept saying, Papa, are you there? I I gotta do it. Papa, can you hear me? (laughs) Sorry. That was terrible. Um, It's me, Kathy. She said over and over again, nothing was happening. Suddenly, it dawned on her that her papa was the only one who didn't call her Kathy. He always called her Catalina. The moment she said, Papa, are you there? It's me, Catalina. The planchette moved. Well, she started crying, and then I started crying. It scared the crap out of both of us. She went to ask a few questions, but I honestly can't remember what she asked. I do remember that it was brief. The planchette quickly moved to goodbye, and it was over. So now it was my turn. I decided to make contact with my deceased uncle. If I remember correctly, it didn't take me too long to connect. I asked my uncle if he was okay, and he answered yes. I asked if my sister, who had passed as a baby two weeks after he did, if she was okay, and the answer was no. I was kind of confused by this answer, and then asked him if she was with him. He answered no. I started to freak out, and then asked, where is she? The pl- the planchette went to the letters I-D-O-N. And I cut him off and said, you don't know? The planchette quickly shot down to yes and then immediately to goodbye. I would freak the fuck out. I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah. I'm seriously getting chilled writing this as the memory is so vivid and chilling. I was so shaken up that we immediately packed that damn board up and I put it in the unattached garage. I did not want it in the house. The next morning, I demanded that my brother give his friend back the board and made him promise to never, ever, ever bring it back into the house ever again, which I think he did anyway. In parentheses, what a butthead. Um, Years later, I went to the cemetery to my sister's grave. It was in the fall, and with all the leaves falling off the trees and the headstones being flat hearts, I could not find her. She was buried in a section of the cemetery called Babyland, where they had laid babies to rest. I cleared the leaves off so many headstones, but I just could not find hers. I made a note of one of the baby's headstones in particular because the last name was a familiar one to me. I went to the cemetery office looking for help. They asked me if I was sure she was buried there because they could not find any records of her. I assured them that I knew she was there. I told my mom and she was surprised as well. She did mention that she no longer received literature from the cemetery and that must be because they somehow lost her records. She later went, found her grave, and straightened things out with the office. The next time I went to the cemetery was in the spring when the leaves were no longer falling and the tiny graves, and there she was. I found her so easily. She was right there next to the baby with the last name that was familiar to me. How could I have missed it? 
Maybe that's why my uncle answered that she wasn't okay and he didn't know where she was. I am covered in goosebumps right now. If you read my story, thank you. Love your podcast. Sincerely, Jane. I'm going to screw up her last name. K-R-G-A. Craiga? Craiga? That sounds correct. Sure. <laughs> As I say with a question. Jane, I'm so sorry. Jane K., you're the best. Thank you so That was a great story. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that... Uh, every time I've heard people talk when they strip away the like aspects and talk about Ouija boards I'm my stance stays exactly where it always will be and on them really and Mm -hmm. it's it's no bueno for you right yeah no bueno for me okay I love them every I won't do it on my own that's just that's asking for trouble yeah stupid one because i will use my odd box alone i'll i'll use my k2 meters alone but it's still got that stigma that gets to me but if i got a friend that'll do it with me i am down like donkey kong so people stories now oddityfilescrew at gmail.com do all the stuff and all the things at flow.page slash oddityfiles huge shout out to our producers Doug Moldenlock, Donald Blanchflower, and Ryan Hoke. I'm Kitsy Duncan. Weird is the new cool. You got it. I'm Nick Floyd. (laughs) Ghost on. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Music provided by James Grice. Please support us via Patreon. Patreon.com slash oddity files. Give a little, give a lot. It helps support the podcast. And we appreciate our producers, Donald Blanchflower, Doug Malden Lock and Ryan Hoke. We have a merch store. Can't get enough of Oddity Files? Wear us on your body. tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Please support our partners. Every little bit helps. Rate, review, and subscribe, especially on Apple Podcasts. It's what helps us get the word out there. And you know, we can always use a new weirdo or two. Come hang out with us on our Facebook fan group. Just search Oddity Files fan group. All kinds of fun stuff. You can win things. You can read memes. You can buy cool shit. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you more than you'll ever know. Okay go i'm done what are you still doing here just get out of here god i love ferris bueller